0: Left side carry on. Picks up the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up. Stafford throws. It is end zone. Oh, baby! What a catch! Kenny Galladay, you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown Detroit Lions! Stafford! Cornbread! I love the Lions! Say it with me! I love the Lions! Drink it in. Detroit Kool Aid, what's going on everybody? We are back, back here on a Monday, talking fantasy. Football on the Fantasy Football Flavor Show, as we always do. And uh, what I want to do today, a little bit different again. We had some fun shows last week, a little bit different. Uh, We'll have Grifka back uh, this Wednesday and Friday, talking Lions as it is game week. And uh, we'll also get Chuck back the following week to kind of recap that first week of fantasy football. But uh, holiday here, so recording uh, a bit early and wanted to let Chuck and everybody kind of enjoy their holiday, but still want to get a show out for you guys. So what I thought would be the perfect show would be to recap the Detroit Kool-Aid Fantasy Football League on ESPN. So our draft went down, gosh, what was it, last Thursday, kind of rate right towards the end of the Lions game we got going. This is a different breed, man. This is a 20-team fantasy league with 20 uh, players on each roster, 10 starters, 10 bench players. I mean, man, we we noticed pretty early that this was not your run-of-the-mill fantasy league. Uh, People were going a lot higher than we see in the past. You're getting people in the third, fourth round that uh, usually go a lot lower in a 10, 12, or 14-team type league with those uh, six-plus extra teams added on to get all the way up to 20 teams. So I thought it was really interesting to go through that today, um, trying to think if there's any real news and notes. I mean, the biggest thing people are keeping their ears on is Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon. I mean, the consensus seems to be that, you know, things are heating up with Zeke and, and you know, things may get done. I know Jerry Jones did say that he's expecting to not play Um, with Zeke Elliott in week one. I mean, that's going to hurt lots of fantasy teams if that's the case. I know I have him in a couple leagues, but not many. So, you know, I'd like to see him get in there. Could happen. Um, Melvin Gordon has sort of hit a... uh, Brick wall. I mean, they're talking about, uh, you know, they're not even going to negotiate with him until next season. He can either play for the five mil plus that he's making this year or not play at all. And they've also given him a chance to go out and seek a trade. So I think last thing I saw like trade places he was hoping to go to, I'm not sure if there's any talks ongoing was like San Francisco, Philly, um, You know, geez, a couple other teams in there, Uh, you know, I'm not sure it's so late in the game. You know, I feel like you can pretty much plug and play Melvin Gordon if you make a deal for him. You can pretty much play him and he's going to produce for you. But uh, I also think that, you know, it's going to be hard to pay him what he wants. I mean, he wants that 14 plus million dollars. And that's just going to be tough for any team to sort of figure out when it comes to the running back position. I mean, I think if his knees are fine, if he feels pretty healthy, obviously he was in tremendous shape for uh, camp that uh, he should be ready to go. So I'm really hoping Melvin gets signed. I do have him in a couple big of my big leagues, and I would really like to see him out there playing football. I really was hoping it would be for the Chargers, but if it's not, you know, I'd love some other team to step up to the plate, pay this man, get him in there. He can catch it. He can run it. He scores a lot of touchdowns. He's a good guy off the field. Lots of good things. The only thing I worry about with Melvin Gordon is injury history. You know, he uh, he has had some knee issues. I think he had a micro fracture, which really scared me away. I think that was probably f- three, four plus years ago. And he really hasn't had any issues, but, you know, that could creep up and he could uh, be on the shelf there at some point. So hopefully Melvin Gordon and Zeke get in there. I mean, I a lot of people are, are counting on those guys, and it's uh, not not as good to uh, start football without two premier players, especially at the running back position like those guys. So we will uh, we'll see what happens with them. Other than that, I mean, everybody has probably drafted. You've probably got your team ready to rock and roll. We are a few days away. You know, we'll have that first game on Thursday. You definitely gotta make sure to get that lineup in um before Thursday if you have people on uh Green Bay or uh or Chicago there and uh and then we roll into the weekend. I mean it's gonna be just tremendous to have NFL football back on a Sunday. And uh, everybody's real pumped for it. Get to actually see what you have in your teams. I know I wrote in my latest Lions Wire uh, Fantasy Football Weekly article that, uh, you know, that first week is where you sort of unleash your team. You know, you have it on paper. Everybody always thinks they have the best team after the draft. But uh, once you get to that first week and you actually see how they produce, see who either gets hurt, who doesn't, who shows up, who doesn't then you kind of say, okay, I, I kind of know where my team is. You're hopefully trying to get off to a W there in week one, because really all that matters is winning each week in fantasy football. It doesn't really matter if you win by a half a point or 30 points, you're trying to chalk up a W and every week is important. You know, there's only 12 or 13 weeks in fantasy football. So you don't want to take a couple losses early as well as you don't want to stack your lineup and, and not have depth and not have things to carry you through to week 12, 13, 14, usually end of the season playoffs, things like that. So I wish everybody luck out there, you know, when it comes to their fantasy uh, football teams. Again, stay on top of who's hurt, who's not, be on that waiver wire. Make sure you get a lineup in. The worst thing, you do not want to be that guy that's like, oh, man, I got too busy, I forgot to put my lineup in. Don't be that guy. Find a way. Get in there on Tuesday or Wednesday. Get your lineup in. Tweak it from there. But make sure everybody's starting, especially once you get to bye weeks, don't be that guy that's got people on bye weeks It's just the worst. I mean, it takes two seconds to put in your lineup and to manage your fantasy football team at a, at a very basic level. So get in there, do that, have some fun with it, you know, drink it in, soak it up on Sundays. Um, it's going to be great having football, fantasy football back. And like I said, hopefully everybody that's listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast uh, fantasy show as well as uh, reading my articles on Lions Wire will be uh, tearing it up this year. That's what I hope. So there's a little intro there. Let me go ahead and get out. We'll get a couple sponsors in. And when I come back, man, I'm going to just walk my way through this uh, Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League. I'm going to kind of talk you through where I was coming from as I was trying to make my selections. And then I'll look at some of the teams that were highest rated. And we may peek at some teams that were lowest rated when it's all said and done and look at who those guys are starting and, and just in general terms like that. So please come back. We'll be right back right after this break. going on detroit kool-aid listeners by now most of you have probably heard of reality sports online the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an nfl general manager but the question is have you tried it it's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is all about i'm talking Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well this is the platform to test your metal Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code Kool-Aid, one word lowercase, promo code kool aid to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, everybody, we're back in the house uh, going through this fantasy league. I mean, let me just tell you where I was at. So when this draft started, I was, you know, in the middle of doing some work for pro football focus. So I was I was juggling quite a bit. I had a blast. I mean, I just want to thank everybody that, you know, not only joined the league, but showed up. It was fun chatting with you. I know I, I couldn't chat or talk as much smack as I normally would. But it was still fun getting to chat with everybody and do this draft. So I'll give some shout outs here. Um, if I can't read your last name, you know I'm only get your first name on here, but I'll try to to shout everybody out. So we got the Detroit Sports Nuts. Uh, we got Wes on that team. The AB uh, Couch Coach. That's Aaron Bullock. We've got uh, pre oh man, I can't see all these. Uh, let's see if I get the Pretend City. Yeah, right. Uh, this is Joel Vanderhoek. Um, we've got Team Conrad, my buddy Matt Hughes, who just thinks Conrad, for some reason, is the funniest guy on the Kool-Aid cast. He loves when he calls up, so he that's an ode to him with that name. Um, we've got the Detroit Cartier Cats, and that's uh, Brian. We've got Mouse Rat, which is Sean, Sean Conroy. Sorry about that. We've got uh, Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid Drinker, and that's Trevor Duff. We've got Cash Money, which is Keith Letts. We've got Tampa, Paul Jackson, who always likes to remind us that his name is Paul Jackson. He's from Tampa. So uh, Paul Jackson, another shout out to his name, will be uh, the owner of that team. We've got Ha Ha, Clit, and Dicks. Uh, it's family show. Uh, but we have that is Arthur Um uh, We've got The Magazine Reeves, which is Chuck Charles Reeves on the show. Normally my co-host here. He uh, not only is not here today, but I shouted him out at the draft. And he he did not say he was at a function, but he did say something with work came up, so he didn't make the draft. I mean, we all know that's weak sauce. I know he's going to go on and on about how work comes first, and he had to do this and do that, but... Like you say, it's probably just an easy way to bail out because his magazine was probably still on pre-order. hadn't come in the mail yet. So we, we all know how that goes. We had uh, Owen 16, which is uh, Chad Mooney. We've got Indianapolis Quick Johnsons, which is Jared Heatley. Chicago FYDA, which is Eric. We've got the Detroit Lions, which is Jamie Lockhart we've got team Caldwell again a tremendously creative name Uh, it's my buddy Chris Caldwell uh, doing big things in uh, in ministry and uh, doing some cool stuff leading churches and sort of getting his feet going there which is awesome you know love reconnecting with this guy I met him uh, years ago and kind of gotten a few fantasy leagues and and he made time for it in his busy schedule so that's cool so team Caldwell good buddy of mine Um, we've got the Burton Q master which is the one and only Frank Ribble. Uh, everybody sees him on Twitter about 350 times a day. We've got uh, Go Pack Go, which is Justin. Um, I believe it's Stevens. Uh, this is Justin's a good dude. He got in a couple of my reality sports online leagues where you really got to test your metal drafting super deep 32 team leagues, 53 man rosters, stuff like that. So he's a he's a, a good guy when it comes to fantasy football as well as just a a good dude in regards to uh, talking sports and all that type of stuff. Ben supporter of the Kool-Aid cast, which we thank him for. And we've got Savage Football, which is uh, Thomas Stites, I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I messed up some of those names, but I did sort of want to shout everybody out. At least get your team name out there. Get... um. You know, your general uh, name, yourselves, you've made the podcast. And now we're going to go through the draft recap. So, again, while I was juggling a bunch of things, I'm sitting there at pick 13. As this thing's going down, I'm thinking, you know who I want at 13? Everybody that listens to the fantasy football flavor knows who I want at 13. Odell uh, one of the most explosive, ridiculous receivers. Now, I always tell everybody you got to load up on running backs, but I had kind of done a few mocks before that. It just seemed like it made the most sense to try to get Odell, or as uh, Nate Burley would say, Odell, get Odell in, uh, at 13, and then uh, try to come back, get a running back, stuff like that. So this is how the first 12 picks went down in front of me. Christian McCaffrey one overall. You know, don't mind it. This was by Justin, but... I think you're still making a mistake passing on Saquon. Saquon went number two, Alvin Kamara three, pretty much chalk there. Then Team Caldwell went with um, Patrick Mahomes. Now, he's already sort of blamed me, got at me on Facebook Messenger and blamed me for, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize the scoring was just way out of whack. Nobody told me ahead of time. Instead of one point for every 25 yards passing, it was 25 points for every one yard. So quarterbacks were scoring like... 15,000 points and the other guys were nowhere close to that. So obviously we just flipped that back. It's all relative, but he says that's why he took Patrick Mahomes at four. I hope so because I had preached on the podcast on my articles that you don't take Patrick Mahomes high. I don't care if it's in the first few rounds or not. Like he's, a great football player, but he's going to hurt your fantasy team. So, you know, even if the scoring would have been right, you know, would Caldwell have taken him here? I hope not because you you just got to let him fall. Like let somebody else take him. Even if he's incredible, you're probably loading up on other positions. So he's a guy I've passed on in many leagues this year. Then we got David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, D-Hop, Zeke, Todd Gurley going 9 was a bit of a surprise. You know, he had been sliding down boards. I like Todd Gurley, but I, I'm surprised he went 9 overall. Mike Thomas, Devontae. Now, this is where I'm thinking, okay, look at all these people still on the board. Like, there's a really good chance I might get Odell here. Because it goes Mike Thomas at 10, Devonte at 11, And then good old Frank Ribble takes my boy Odell at 12. While I'm in the middle of 10 other things. So I'm like, I've got Odell queued up. All of a sudden, Ribble takes him. I'm like, oh, man. So my backup plans were, I mean, Julio Jones is still there at 13. I feel like that's a good value. You know, Joe Mixon was there, who's a guy like. You know, uh, gosh, it just seemed too early for carry-on. I didn't really want to go A-B at that point. Dalvin Cook was on my radar, but... I just don't love drafting Vikings or a guy that high when he's got some question marks. (sighs) So I I burned the clock pretty late trying to figure out what I wanted to do here. And I thought, you know, even though he's getting older, he's in a great offense. He's in a great division where they play indoors, outdoors a lot. So went ahead and took Julio Jones. I mean, I feel like maybe this is the year where he gets in the end zone, you know, 8, 10, 12 times. He always kind of puts up yards. I definitely would sacrifice some yards for some more touchdowns. But uh, this guy just always produces. He's pretty much always healthy when it's time to go. And I uh, felt like he was solid and uh, pretty much the biggest superstar that was left at that point. So took Julio at 13. Um, to finish out the first round, it went Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Juju, Kelsey, carry On, James Conner at 20. So, so that was round one. Um, So in round two, since I took a receiver, I'm kind of thinking, man, I really... In a 20-team league, you cannot mess around with running backs. So my big target was Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, absolute beast. Ever forgot about how dominant this guy is. They're writing him off. He's the guy I had in red pen circled. And sure enough, he made it to me at number eight in the second round. He was the top guy on the board. It was really close where I thought a couple people were going to take him. They didn't. I was... In the words of Grifka, stoked to get Leonard Fournette at number eight uh, in round two. So Fournette and Julio, two absolute specimens. You can't argue with that. Um, Let's go ahead and go to round three here. Round three, I'm picking, again, at 13th in that round. So I had a long wait after that pick. And I knew. So I got a receiver and a running back. That's kind of what I wanted to do. Now, the safer route would have been to take, like, um, you know, let me look at who would have been available I could have took you know, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, you know, I could have taken Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, you know, I could have had that kind of combo when it comes to running backs, but I kind of wanted to go one of each if possible, because then it opens me up in round three to take best available with a little bit of an emphasis on running back if it's available. So in round three, you know, guys I had circled or in my mind was considering is you know, Melvin Gordon, will he make it to me? You know, um, you know, would a Marlon Mack be worth it? Guy I don't love, but in this type of league, if he made it, I would have considered him. Those guys went before me. So looking at the board, I mean, Mike Williams was, was highlighted on my list. He went one pick before me again to good old Frank Ribble, the Burton Q master. Um, He took Mike Williams, who I liked. So I I was sitting there really stuck on this pick. You know, there were just not many names I I liked. I mean, listen to the names that went right after me. Josh Gordon, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, James White, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Shepard, you know, guys like that. Gosh, I, I... I just took this guy because I loved him two, three years ago. He's had some knee issues, but, and, and again, it's a guy in our lions division who I kind of hate to root for, but I just like this guy's game, man. He can score touchdowns. He can be a feature guy, uh, basically a number one. If you give him the, the opportunities, I went ahead and took Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's been in the league quite a while, but if you still look, I think he's 25, 26 years old. And, uh, He's pretty much fully healthy now. He's in a pretty good offense there with Chicago. I could see him getting, you know, in the end zone as well as getting some targets this year to make him a good fantasy receiver, especially a number two for me. So I took Allen Robinson basically over Philip Lindsay at that point. Lindsay, I was considering, but you don't love his situation where he'll be splitting time, undrafted guy. I like his moxie that he's an undrafted guy and has this great heart and put up in tremendous year last year. But I just felt like Allen Robinson had better pedigree and just a better situation, uh, better chance to be the number one receiver. Whereas, you know, Philip Lindsay is going to be in the mix of two or three different running backs. So that, that was my pick in round three round four. We're coming around. I mean, guys I had, I was considering AJ green, Tariq Cohen, Miles Sanders, You know, still too early for me really to get a tight end, stuff like that. Tevin Coleman was a consideration. So when it came to my pick, you know, again, I was looking for running backs. I really did not feel like I loved any of the value here. And I knew that I was going to be in tough situation if I passed again, because here I am going to have, you know, one running back. If I don't take one here after the first four rounds, that's not really something I recommend, especially in 20 team league. But of course, right before my pick, Owen 16 took, Uh, Tariq Cohen, who's a guy I like, really explosive, really fast guy. Not sure that I would have wanted two Chicago Bears back-to-back, but uh, he was in my consideration. Miles Sanders went before earlier in this round, as well as A.J. Green went at the top of round four. So I went ahead and took a guy that I really like. I'm interested to see how he's used because he's just been an absolute target catch monster the last few years. Of course, I love the offense he's in because his quarterback is Bacon Mayfield. Bacon Mayfield throwing to Jarvis Landry Juice. Give me Juice at the eighth pick in the fourth round. I just thought, you know, here's my situation with that. Like, I feel when a guy's on a crazy good offense, he can't be doubled. He can't be totally taken out of the game by the opposing coach. So, yeah, Odell's going to get his... You know, they're going to run the football. I hope Njoku has a pretty good year. But Jarvis Landry is still a dynamic football player. He's a hard-nosed guy, too. I mean, if me and Grifka were talking right now, I'd call him a dog. Uh, Jarvis Landry's a dog, man. I'm happy to put him on my football team, especially as my third receiver. So I've got Julio, uh, A-Rob, and Jarvis with Leonard Fonette in my backfield. So I feel pretty good after round four. I am knowing that it's going to be really slim pickings at running back, but I'm basically at this point mentally saying I'm waiting on all tight ends and quarterbacks and just going to try to piece together this running back situation. So Tevin Coleman right after me. I mean, that might have been the safer, better pick, but I didn't want to deal with it. Uh, savage football went super Homer pick and took uh, TJ Hawkinson at the 11th pick in the fourth round. Uh, You know, come on, man. Uh, (laughs) uh, Shady McCoy went here too, as well as Kenyon Drake, Sammy Watkins. That was a guy I was considering, but I thought he's a big roll of the dice and I have him in a few other leagues. So I thought Jarvis Landry would be better. And I love that. I think on auto pick, he went to the magazine, uh, Chucky e. Reeves, because I remember Chuck was beating me up for Sammy Watkins saying he's never been good and never going to do anything. So that's what happens when you go on to auto pick Chuck when you're at a function. Uh, let's scroll down through here. See if anything jumps out to me Round five. I got a long wait. So I'm, uh, round five, you know, I was considering maybe, uh, going quarterback here. I mean, there was one person I was kind of considering. His name was Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Boy went tenth overall in the f- in the fifth round, so three picks before me. James Washington and Terrell Williams were two other receivers I liked who went two picks uh, right before me. And uh, let's see, we had I uh, wasn't considering tight end. Darman Thompson went super high in this draft. Shot Penny was a guy I kind of had high lay that went to Tampa. Tampa Paul. um, Jackson there took Rashad Penny. We'll see if he gets touches and what he does this year. So, man, it fell to me at uh, 13th pick in the fifth round, and it was slim pickings. Did not see any running backs I liked, lots of quarterbacks I still liked, so I felt I could wait. Um, You know, Lions fans may not like this pick, and let's hope he doesn't turn it up until week two. But uh, Christian Kirk is a heck of a football player, man. He's... He's golden Tate part two in my opinion he's uh catch the football he can uh he can run after catch he's in a crazy offense a real mature kid I feel like you know Fitzgerald is there but he's on his last leg Christian Kirk's the next big receiver there in Arizona and uh, I just see him getting a lot of targets a lot of work. Just a really good player and uh, some people have soured on him. You know, he's going really high and now I think he's been falling for whatever reason because people say he's not being used. I know I read some things where like Christian Kirk's only out there for 40% of the offensive plays in the preseason. I mean, do, do I have to do I have to go A.I. because that's basically what the preseason is? I mean, uh, really, you're talking about Christian Kirk's usage in the preseason. Really? We're talking about practice, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? I mean, we're talking about preseason, man. not 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 a game not a game not a game we're talking about preseason like Christian Kirk's a guy I could see in the regular season being out there a ton you know in all types of formations you can move him all around so I mean we do have a flex spot in this league so after five rounds you're basically looking at me rolling out four, what I feel to be pretty good receivers and the one stud running back and feel feel good about that I mean I feel good. I mean, Rod Allen feels good. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to say, like, after this, it definitely got dicey for me. Not only was I trying to still juggle lots of different things while this thing was going down, I'm sitting here in round six, pick eight, going, man, I pretty much have to take a running back here, whoever's on the board. You know, I have to just get somebody with some upside or somebody that could maybe get some touches, maybe a guy that's a sleeper. So when it came to the eighth pick in this round, I'm sitting here going, okay, I got, you know, Peyton Barber on the board, but Peyton Barber is Peyton Barber. You know, we all see what he is, pretty low level guy that has got his opportunity and has not really been very impressive to say the least. You know, you've got a a guy I was actually considering Ronald Jones here because I don't like Peyton Barber and because Ronald Jones at least has the opportunity and upside to maybe get the football as well as, you know, be a breakout player to some degree in in a Bruce Arians type offense. So... Considering those guys, I'm trying to think or look down here if there's other running backs. You know, you've got your your Damien Damon Harris, you got your Devin Singletary's Justice Hills of the World, which are big wild cards. Naheem Hines was a guy I considered, but again, with Andrew Luck just uh, quitting on his team, I kind of felt like, you know, they're either gonna really use Naheem Hines because he could just catch little swing passes, you know, from the whoever the new quarterback's gonna be, you know, Brissett out there, or you know, he's not going to get used at all because he's not going to have that chemistry or not have, you know, his role maybe that he had previously. So I'm looking at this board. I mean, people may hate this pick. It may end up being a terrible pick that kills my team, but I like this guy coming out in the draft. I like where he went in this situation. I like the fact that the guy in front of him is sometimes in front of him. Sometimes he's not, you know, they're really kind of shaky. They've got a new coach down there who's kind of a defensive guy, probably likes to, you know, pound it, have a bigger running back. And this guy's kind of an enigma. Kalen Balazs is who I took with the eighth pick in the sixth round. Kalen Balazs to me is a, a poor man's David Johnson-style football player. He can he can catch it really well. He caught it really well in college. He's big. I, I forget exactly his size, but he's a big guy. I mean, the, I think the questions are more like work ethic and just kind of will he get opportunities? Because I think if he gets opportunities in – in Miami, you know, either in front of Kenyon Drake or, you know, just a splitting time, I think that he could impress. You know, he, he's shown some flashes here or there and he hasn't really been given the opportunity. He's a young guy. I remember wanting him maybe in the late rounds, you know, for our alliance, but um so I I took Kalen Ballage and, and we'll see what happens. You know, he could either be off my roster early or down, you know, in my bench the whole year or Maybe the guy blows up, and and him and Leonard Fournette are two specimens that I got at that spot. So, again, we'll see. Uh, It's definitely a risky pick. Uh, Round 7, I I had long wait again, and this surprised me. This, again, may not work out in my favor, but just the fact that he was there pretty much shocked me because I was considering him the round before. Um, Ronald Jones slipped to this pick at 13. I mean, like I said, Justice Hill, Harris, Singletary, uh, Hines. All these guys went in front of him. I mean... I can see some of the upside of those other guys, but I feel like Ronald Jones was taken in the high second round by another coaching staff. Now they have Bruce Arians, who's an offensive guy who wants to uh give young guys opportunity, wants to sort of sling it around and not he doesn't over like worry. I don't see him being a guy that holds a young guy down. I see him as a guy like if you can play, he's gonna put you in a good situation and try to go out there and do some things. So Rojo's a guy having a few leagues that uh I like. And uh, like I say, could blow up in a bad way. Could uh, could not see touches, could, you know, be down the depth chart. You just don't know. But in the uh, seventh round in a 20-team league, I was really happy to get him right there because, again, it's at least another good body to put my running back backfield. He worked with my bye weeks. He seemed to uh, just have some upside as well as, like I say, now I got three running backs um, I'm trying to beef up that position, so to get him there, I was happy. And here I come around the eighth round again, looking for more running backs, if possible. You know, I'm almost disregarding other positions because I feel like I can wait. Running back, I've already waited long enough. Now I'm just in running back mode. So again, I felt pretty fortunate, eighth pick in the eighth round to get Justin Jackson over there with the Chargers, especially now if if Melvin is going to be dealt. You know, or not play. I feel like Justin Jackson has a good opportunity to be the guy there. Uh, Eckler is good, but Justin Jackson carried the the rock in college. He, I, I've seen him play a bit. I think he has ability. I was glad to get him there. And like I say, looking at the names around him, I mean, there was not many other names I wanted. So for him to fall there, felt very good about it. Now I got four running backs. All of a sudden had one. Now I got four. That aren't three aren't studs by any means, but they definitely all have upside and all could play Um, 13th pick in the ninth round. This is where I was thinking, okay, do I go in a different position now? Do I go try to get that QB tight end? Whatever it may be. Those are kind of starters. I don't have. Nope. I go right back to the well again, running back again. Another guy that people are hating on. People are saying, Oh, this guy, uh, he might get surpassed by so-and-so. I've watched him play. Big Hughes shout out called this guy and I, I goofed on him saying, "What are you taking Judge Ito for?" But uh, Ito Smith had a good year last year. He didn't have the greatest preseason this year, but I like Ito Smith, man. He's a good football player. He's, you just see him. He looks, you know, like a decent um, athlete. He's kind of tiny, but he's shifty. He makes plays and catch it and run it. You just never know what's going to happen with the Atlanta backfield when it comes to injuries and whatnot. So. I uh, I like getting Ito there. That was another one, Melvin Gordon, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, man, if you plug Melvin Gordon on the Atlanta Falcons with him and Freeman, oh, my goodness, that would be – that put them as a Super Bowl contender, no doubt. But uh, if, if they don't make any additions, Ito Smith seems to be the two or the three there, and uh, he got touches last year. I don't know why he wouldn't get touches this year. So uh, here we are in round 10, um, sitting around, still don't have a quarterback, still don't have a tight end you know, feel like I'm pretty set at running back now. I got five running backs, four wide receivers. I'm telling you, this is why I preach in my articles and on the show of why you basically just disregard the quarterback and the tight end positions. And you go ahead and you fill up those spots because when I recap some of these teams here at the end, you're going to say, wow, like they've got really good you know, players, and then you look at their bench and they have no bench. They have no people that have opportunity or have the ability to come in and get touches because all they did was load up their starters. And then, yeah, I could have taken a quarterback three, four rounds ago and had a really good quarterback. I don't know, maybe Baker Mayfield. Um, by the way, I mean, I guess why, while we're, um, while we're bringing up Baker Mayfield, I mean, I know Grifka's not here personally, but we might as well ask him. Grifka, I mean, Baker Mayfield, you you thought that would have been a good pick, right? I mean, he's a good football player. I'm like, that's Baker Mayfield right there. Baker. Yeah, yeah, I just want to let you know. He sucks, okay? Yeah, there you go. Mark it down. (laughs) Grifka, Baker Mayfield does not suck. And uh, if anybody is is a fan... You got to check him out on straight up Steve Austin, him in Stone Cold, hanging out, drinking brews, driving uh, all types of motor vehicles around. Just uh, seems like a great dude. And then, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, could have taken him. But again, I'm all about value. So while other people might have these these great few starters, I feel like I'm adding depth. I'm adding players that have opportunity. And here we are in round 10, and, I'm, and yeah, there's slim picking. So as it comes down in round 10, you know, there's guys like Chris Herndon going who's suspended for four weeks. Albert Wilson has some upside. Nikhil Harry is a big name, but I heard recently that he may be either may be IR'd or maybe really down the depth chart if all goes well with Josh Gordon. You got people taking defenses, and you got Owen 16 taking Jimmy Garoppolo right in front of me who is definitely in consideration. At this point, now here I'm sitting here eighth pick in round 10. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I I, I really need a quarterback because again, not only was I waiting late, but everybody else had taken a ton of quarterbacks. I mean, there's not much on the board at this point. So, and it's 20 team league. So even if there's a few teams that don't have a second quarterback, if they take them, I'm absolutely screwed. So I'm thinking quarterback and I'm thinking tight end at this point. Now, Dallas Goddard's on the board. I like him, but I'm trying to see maybe I can wait around on him. Um, he he has a few injuries as well as obviously Zach Ertz is there. So even though I like the football player, he's not in the great situation. So I went ahead here and this may be, this is either going to be boom or bust as well. Derek Carr, man, what, two years ago, he was in the MVP consideration, so the guy can play. If you give him playmakers and if you let him sling it around, it's not like he's never had a good year. I mean, there's a lot of other quarterbacks in the league that have not put up that kind of season like Derek Carr had a few years ago. Now, he had some injuries as well as he has not been good, but had you looked at the offense in Oakland last couple years, yeah, it wasn't good. I think Derek Carr can be electric with Antonio Brown, Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Tyrell Williams on the outside. You um, got some some unique people at tight end, Darren Waller. You've got uh, I don't know. They just have a unique some unique skill players. I, mean, I don't expect their offense to be great, but I expect it to be um, much improved. As well as I think this is a big year for Derek Carr on a lot of levels. So I was willing to take the risk there. Um, right after that pick, uh, the Burton Q Masters, uh, good old Frank. Uh, went, a hook, went ahead and took Dallas Goddard. I mean, that's real surprising. Wow! Uh, that he would just continue to take all the guys that I uh, have queued up or that are guys I've talked about. But uh, he goes ahead and takes Dallas Goddard there right after me. So um, comes around around 11, pick 13. Again, lots of people are taking defenses, rec- you know, depth receivers. Somebody took uh, Devontae Parker here, a couple picks in front of me. I thought he was worth the roll of the dice here. Again, defenses, some even, you know, Tampa Bay, Paul, he's probably loading up on his starters, went ahead and took Will Lutz here in round 11. I mean, okay, you got your kicker, but, I mean, there's lots of other people I'd rather take a risk on at this point. So the way it felt to me, I mean, the the top player I felt on the board as well as uh, just want to get another receiver here in the mix to give me some depth there is uh, Marquise uh, Godwin. Uh, Had some injuries, but when he's been healthy and when Jimmy G's been healthy, they – they've been good. And uh, Goodwin can take the top off the defense and score those deep touchdowns to help you win leagues. So that was my pick in round 11. Round 12, I went ahead and took Andy Dalton. Uh, The only reason I did this basically was because there was only like one or two quarterbacks left. And I knew if I waited, and if any of them went, that I would just be absolutely out of luck with basically Derek Carr, no backup, nobody else even available because of the way this league is set up. So out of necessity, I went and took Andy Dalton. I had heard there's not many good things coming out about the rookie they took. So I'd assume Andy Dalton will have another season full of snaps I don't expect Cincy to be that good with some of the injuries and things they've had. But like I said, sometimes that leads to good fantasy numbers. If at the end of the game, you're just slinging the football around. So hopefully he can put up some numbers for me. And if AJ Green gets back, that will add another weapon, but I don't love that pick, but I just did it out of necessity. And as you see, I took Andy Dalton. And as we work our way down the board here, sure enough, two picks later, Mariota went, um, work our way down. I'm trying to see who else, I think there was like one other quarterback. I think Mariota was the other main guy I was considering. And there was a couple like fringe quarterbacks like Josh Rosen and stuff after that. So, like I said, to me, Andy Dalton was the most established guy at that point. Here I am still sitting with no tight end. And I'm looking at round, I picked at round eight and round 12. So I got a long wait till I pick in 13. The only guy that I have queued up that I feel is worth a dang at this point at the tight end position or even in general is Noah Fant. Now everyone hates on tight ends, rookie tight ends. I have to get a drop for Grifka of why he just hates rookie tight ends and how they can never, ever be good. I mean, yeah, I know you're basing it on past history, but, you know, Noah Fant's in a great situation. He's a really good uh, pass catcher. I feel like... Um Joe Flacco loves the tight end. So this was the only guy I was hoping for, and I was just crossing my fingers he'd make it to me. Sure enough, man, came really close. I thought a few people right before me were going to take him. For some reason, Savage Football took Travis Fulgham. Chris Conley went. I mean, we're talking uh, a couple more kickers. We're talking somebody taking Jarek McKinnon, who's not even going to play this year. So Noah Fant makes it to me at 13 and in round 13, which to me was probably my pick of the draft. Just, uh, you know, needing a tight end at that point, needing a guy that's going to have opportunity. And that was the guy. So, um, felt good about that. In round 14, pick eight. Again, here's where I'm trying to basically double up on tight ends unless there's somebody I love. So I had Mike Secchi highlighted. Again, didn't have a good year last year, but is super athletic and in a good situation where if he's used, I could see him putting up some pretty decent numbers. He did make it to me, so I went ahead and took Mike Secchi here. Round fifteen. Now, this is where things got wonky. I was having a bunch of issues with the ESPN draft. You know, they, they went ahead and redid their whole website this year. I'm not a fan of the redo. Um, you know, I'm not a guy that likes to blame, you know, the computer. Or, oh, I'm having computer issues like that. It's 2019. You know, we shouldn't have that. But there were some weird things. The draft was not, like, syncing up right. A couple times it made me get out of it and come back in, which was annoying. So I kind of got auto-picked here in the 15th round. Jordan Thomas, tight end, Houston. There's there's definitely players I would have rather had. I mean, you've got, if I'm going to take a tight end, I probably would have taken, you know, Irv Smith, who went a few picks later. But what I really probably would have done is went for another running back with some opportunity. Um, Benny Snell went a few picks later. I think he's worth a roll of the dice at this point. Uh, I would have taken maybe David Moore out of Seattle. He's injured but could come back. Oh, geez, you know, that, that could hurt me. You know, I'm not really sure what to do if I'm going to get rid of him or just kind of keep him. I mean, he's a decent player and he could see some opportunity in Houston, but I had already taken those two tight ends. I was probably fine to live with those guys at that point. Round 16, this is where it's getting dicey. You know, you're just kind of like throwing darts at a wall. Um, this is a guy I like, I, I, I don't think he fell in a great situation, but he's a really good player. And, uh, I mean, Curious to see if he'll get opportunities while also not taking away from my boy Joe Mixon. But in round 16, I took Travion Williams. There was really no running backs at this point. He was just kind of an explosive young guy that I thought if an injury happened or something went down, he's a guy that you can maybe play. And uh, he's he's third on the depth chart behind Geo and uh, Mixon from what I'm hearing. So, again, really explosive guy. I wish he would have went somewhere more where opportunity, but he didn't. So we'll see how that works. Round seventeen, again, just sort of wait and see how the draft falls. I took uh, Hakeem Grant, kind of a poor man's poor man. Um, Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, with the Miami Dolphins, they just gave him an extension. I think it's four years or so. So that that shows that they believe in him and they see something in him. I thought it was just worth the uh, worth the shot at this point. Round eighteen, I'm sitting there looking again for flex players receivers running backs for the most part excuse me still don't have a tight ty- kicker or a defense but uh, went ahead and took phil Dor philip dorsett of new england here you know we'll see uh, this guy is a high first round draft pick he's a guy that washed out in indianapolis he went to new england he's been decent but uh you know, will he stick with, um, with Gordon in there and Nikhil Harry and some of the other people, you know, I, I wasn't sure, but I thought he was decent opportunity at this point with what's left on the board, uh, round 19, just went ahead and took my kicker, um, Matt Gay out of uh, Tampa Bay as a rookie, but a uh, big leg kick the 50 yarders, which usually helps out in fantasy football. And, uh, and then I got stuck totally in round 20, where I don't know if people were taking their second or third defense, but there was like four or five defenses when I took the kicker. And by the time I came around in the 20th round, there was one defense left, and that was the Oakland Raiders. Uh, so John Gruden and company, please put out a halfway decent product on defense because I did not want to take you. I mean, I wanted Miami, Tampa Bay, or I think even... um, Gosh, who else was there between when I picked... Uh, gosh, there was there was a couple defenses, you know, Tampa Bay again and Miami are two defense I would have liked over the Raiders. For some reason, they went right before me, probably teams that already had multiple defenses. So I got stuck with the Raiders. So, you know, looking back at this draft, I mean, I, I used my strategy for the most part, which meant load up on running backs and receivers. I did a little bit backwards where I went and took – best available and took receivers early and then loaded up on running backs in those mid rounds that I thought still could maybe outperform their draft, you know, position. And then I waited super, super late on tight end and quarterback, which in a normal league works in a 20 team league. You know, it that definitely could hurt me when you're running out Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, you know, rookie kicker and a last ranked defense, but uh, you know, I'm going to live with it. So, Once the draft was over, I went ahead and there's a little tool I use that kind of grades out the draft. And uh, hmm, let's see the results here. So the number one ranked team after the uh, draft was over, I believe they do this out of scores of 100, was the Fantasy Football Flavors owned by yours truly uh, with a 100 score. So, you know, I was a little surprised to see that based on like what I said where I waited. But, um, you know, my wide receivers are are huge my flex is huge my running backs still have some upside as well as you know i got i can get by in the other positions the number two slot in in draft ranking was go pack go uh, we had mouse rat uh, go pack go had a 97 mouse rat came in at 95 team conrad at 94 uh, let's see where where the magazine Chuck uh, Chuck Dog ranked. Oh man, Mister Auto Pick, Mister I'm at a function, Mister I have to work, I can't uh, figure out how to draft from my phone. Um, was down at 66 overall, the 16th ranked team. And I hate to do this, but I gotta kind of shout out some of the guys at the bottom. So Savage Football uh, came in with a whopping score of 50. Detroit Sports Nuts was a 56. And uh, pretend city at rights was a 62. So um, we will we will see how all that shakes out. You know, let me go ahead and give you a little more context before you finish this show out. So um, the starting lineup, um, at least how he has it set now for uh, Go Pack Go, which is in the second slot here. I'll give you my team first. Where's my team at? So my starters on a weekly basis for the most part right now are going to be... Derek Carr, Leonard Fournette, Justin Jackson, Julio, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Noah Fant, Christian Kirk, the Raiders D, and Matt Gay. So, you know, could Ronald Jones go into that second running back slot? Kalen Balage maybe, you know, like some of the the depth. But like I say, my roster is also really dicey when it comes to just overall because of it being such a deep league. I mean... Derek Carr is my wild card, as well as, you know, will Justin Jackson, Balage, or Rojo perform? If not, I'm going to be hurting at number two running back. So that that's the team they ranked number one. Um, Go Pack Go is running out. Jameis Winston, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Chris Godwin, Marvin Jones, uh, Damian Willis, uh, you know, kind of a no-name guy, but could be starting for Cincy while uh, Melvin Gordon is out. You got Zach Ertz, top tight end. Austin Hooper put two tight ends in his flex. That's interesting. The Jaguars D and uh, old man, Whitebeard, Adam Vinatieri is kicker. So, um, you know, that's the second ranked team. Again, sort of looking at his bench. It's a lot of flyer players, a lot of uh, big rolls of the dice. So, you know, depth could be an issue there. Let's go ahead and go to Mouse Rat, who is ranked up high. Mouse Rat's running out. Dak Prescott, Joe Mixon. Devontae Freeman, Robbie Anderson, Corey Davis, uh, Funchie, Devin Funches, Jimmy Graham, Duke Johnson, the Vikings D, and Rojas, the kicker for the Giants. Go over to Team Conrad. Big Matt Hughes is running out. Sam Darnold, Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber, Julian Edelman, T.Y., uh, Deshaun Hamilton, David Njoku, um, De- Delaney Walker, the Chiefs, and Ryan Suckup. And uh, Hughes also has Zeke Elliott um, there. I think that was his number one pick. He's got him on the bench. We'll see if he ends up uh, playing. If so, that obviously makes a big difference for, for Hughes' starting lineup there. So those are a couple of the top teams. Uh, again, uh, apologize that the magazine Chuck Reeves couldn't make it. Um, really wanted him to get in and do a real draft so that when I dominate him, he can't say, oh, it's because I couldn't make it to the draft. Oh, I had to work. But he's got his built-in, his excuse, which is fine. Um, me versus my buddy team, Caldwell, in week one, I'm really looking forward to it. Everybody, I can't thank you enough for joining this league. I think we're going to have a ton of fun. I hope me walking you through my picks at least gave you some context and also giving you a couple of those teams at the end sort of gave you an overall view. If you're in the league, you can obviously go peruse and take a look at all these teams and see where you line up. We'll obviously know who's going to be the top dog once these games are played, once it's all said and done, and uh, can't wait. Um, really anxious to see how my team ends up. I can't say this is one of my favorite teams that I've drafted, but I can say that in 20-team league. you got to fight your butt off to try to win each week and figure out a lineup when uh, depth is an issue. There's not many people on this waiver wire, so you're not going and just fixing your team. You're going to have to scour and trade and do all that type of stuff. And like I say, I'm going to roll my team out there and see how they do week one. And and hopefully it works out where I'll be in that playoff race at the end of the day. And if not, if I'm at the bottom of the standings, I'm sure you guys will let me know about it. So um, thanks, everybody. We'll go ahead and get out of here for this episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy Football Flavor Show. We'll check you Wednesday and Friday talking all things Detroit Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Pack the back, Start the play. This game is over! It is over! What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in, man!